0: Welcome to self-sufficient. Self-sufficient. What does it mean to be self-sufficient? It's the longest relationship you'll ever be in hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the self-sufficient podcast with me mihaela before i get started can i ask you to do me a huge favor and rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening it really helps me create more of the kind of content that you guys love and it also helps other people discover the podcast and gain an insight into it before they commit to listening and that really helps me grow this community thank you so much Okay, I am recording today's episode from my bedroom in my parents house in Worcester where I have been for the last two and a half weeks because I am practicing for my driving test which is in about 10 days from today and honestly I am a bit nervous because I don't think I am fully ready yet but hopefully by the time the test comes I will be. I've been doing two hour lessons every day for the last two and a half weeks and I really hope that by the time my test comes I will be a more relaxed driver because currently I find it very stressful and I don't know how people do it but I just get really nervous in all fairness though it's been really fun to be bad at something new at the age of 30 most of my friends got their driving licenses when they were 18 I never did it because that's when I moved to the UK and I started university and it just wasn't my priority at the time to drive and then I remember when I graduated my parents gave me money to start my driving lessons but I passed my theory test and I never started driving because I moved to London and then I just used public transport to get to work and I never really needed to drive but I am at a stage now where I really want the freedom that comes with driving. I want to be able to jump in my car and take a road trip with my girlfriends for example or just come visit my parents for the weekend without relying on train times and, you know, sometimes cancellations, delays, etc. I also just recently moved to a more residential area in London and the nearest tube station is a 15-minute walk from where I live. And that adds a significant amount of time to my journey. And I know for some people 15 minutes might sound like it's not a lot and I agree but I used to live right next to a tube station which made my journeys a lot shorter and London travel times are too much as they are we don't need to be adding any more extra time to to that so for me it's all about being efficient I also want to be able to do my food shopping or go pick up some furniture from Ikea if I want to you know little things that make your life easier sorry i know that's not the most exciting life update that i can possibly give you but the truth is there isn't much going on at the moment there are actually some big changes happening behind the scenes, but I'm not really ready to talk about them yet. Once I've got everything confirmed, I'll definitely share in a future episode. In other news, I've been taking a bit of time off social media just because I have been feeling overwhelmed and I've been struggling with my mental health a little bit and a lot of it has to do with what I do for a living. Unfortunately, when you're a content creator, you're not just consuming social media for pleasure (laughs) i shared a story yesterday about how I've been obsessing over metrics, checking out other content creators, comparing myself and it's been stressing me out because I was struggling to get my creative juices flowing and I was definitely not being kind to myself. So taking a step back has been absolutely essential. I deleted the Instagram app last week and I've only logged in on a few occasions just to communicate with people or if I had to upload any kind of content and you know I want to be one of those people that says oh it feels amazing to not have social media on your phone but actually it is really weird I'm not gonna lie sometimes I go to where the Instagram app is on my phone and I have that thumb reflex but there's nothing to click on and that's when I usually stop and ask myself do I even need to be on my phone right now or can I do something more exciting with my time or something that adds more value whether it's to me or other people around me and What I've been doing is reading articles, reading books, um, listening to podcasts. You know, I'm still consuming content, but it's just from a more diverse range of sources, which gives me fresh perspectives, really helps me gain clarity on certain subjects. It gives me more time to research things that I've been interested in that I haven't found the time just because I am constantly scrolling on social media. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate, but this is not actually what I want to talk about today. Well, it kind of is, but not completely. I want to talk about the distractions that we all use to avoid dealing with certain emotions and how doing that can have a negative impact on our mental health in the long run. I wanted to read out something from one of my favorite authors, Mark Manson, that I came across recently. He shared this on social media and it sparked the idea of today's episode to a huge degree because it really got me thinking. Mark said that when we can't deal with a certain pain we compensate by compulsively distracting ourselves from that pain and if we do this long enough we eventually become aware only of the distraction and not the pain you know when there's an excess of one thing it's usually because it's covering up something else and Mark said the best way to approach this question is to look at what's most excessive in our lives and then ask ourselves what pain would I feel without this And why is it important to recognize distractions and deal with any underlying issues that we might be suppressing? Well because it's almost like a volcano that's waiting to erupt and you trying to pour a bucket of water into it every day thinking that this is going to stop it from doing so. (laughs) What usually happens is eventually it starts affecting different areas of your life until you get to a point where you are faced with a problem and you can no longer run away from it which happened to me Recently, but I will talk more about that in a minute. Let me first tell you a story. So when I was in fourth grade, my parents signed me up to a summer camp and I went on that trip with the intention of having the most fun ever. I wasn't going to let anything ruin that for me. And on the first day, I twisted my ankle. And my foot started swelling. On the second day, I was limping and I couldn't really walk. I was in so much pain. My entire foot was almost black. And I knew something wasn't right, but I was just refusing to accept the fact that I might have to go back home eight days before everyone else. And so instead of admitting that I was in so much pain, I went into complete denial about it. But the next day, my foot was so swollen i couldn't walk i was crawling the teachers started getting worried obviously so they had to call my parents to come and pick me up and i remember crying the whole time on the way back and once we got back home they took me straight to the doctors we had to do an x-ray to make sure that everything's fine and guess what It wasn't. My bone was fractured and I had to have a cast on it for I think about a month. I'm not entirely sure now. It was a long time ago. And so imagine I pretended that I wasn't in pain for a few more days. It could have gotten a lot worse than it actually was. The reason I'm sharing this is because I feel like emotional pain works the same way as physical pain and I wish more people looked at it this way because then it would just make life so much easier for all of us but when we avoid pain of any sort we basically try to cover it up with something else and we try to make ourselves feel better until it hurts so much that we can no longer cover it with anything and eventually something happens that makes us sit with ourselves and really face the pain and work through it for some people that process can take weeks or months for others it can be years and unfortunately some people are so good at burying things deep down that they start manifesting into physical illnesses and this is why i want people to understand how the mind body connection works because our bodies are designed in such a unique way that they will literally show us they will give us an indication when when something internally isn't right and this is exactly what was happening to me my body was giving me an indication that something wasn't right for months and I just chose to ignore it I just assumed that if I did that for long enough it will disappear. Looking back at the amount of running I did over the past few months it makes absolute sense that I was loving it so much because I was trying to run away from my problems and you know admitting to yourself that you don't feel okay sometimes can be really hard. I get it because we're part of society, we want to function well, we want to be able to show up at work, we want to be able to show up for our family, for our friends and we want to be the person that people see us and perceive us to be. I've always wanted to be the positive and happy person because they always said oh I feel so good in your presence you're so positive and like so chill and the truth is I'm not always chill you know and it's okay to not be that way it's okay to get angry sometimes it's okay to experience the full spectrum of human emotions you don't actually owe anyone to be a certain way and the truth is the more you try to ignore your own instincts and the way you feel internally the harder it will be for you to show up for other people so I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's not selfish to look after yourself for Because if you don't do that, you wouldn't be able to help anyone else out there. And that, my friends, is a lesson that I had to learn the hard way. And it took a lot of broken friendships and relationships for me to finally realize that I wasn't helping anyone by over giving and doing too much and always being there which led to burnout and because I wasn't able to communicate how I felt I always ended up presenting the person or the relationship and this is where accountability comes in. You can blame the person or the relationship or how unfair life is treating you or you can just admit that maybe you are the problem. To me it meant recognizing familiar patterns and dynamics and all of my relationships and taking a step back to see that actually I was the one that was at the center of these dynamics and I was allowing them to happen and by giving too much to other people I only attracted people who wanted to take from me. I have to make a little note here because being a kind and giving person by itself is not a bad thing and it's something that we should all strive for but it's when we do it with the intention of getting validation, it's when we're trying Trying to fill a void in ourselves and we end up sourcing it externally. It's almost like trying to manipulate someone into loving us by always giving them what they want and never saying no to anything. When that dynamic is basically taken to an extreme, that's when it gets unhealthy. The reason I started today's episode with Mark's quote about the excesses and what pain we're trying to cover up with them is because at one point, My biggest excess was giving too much. And to be fair, if it wasn't for the global pandemic and being forced to stay inside and just sit in silence and be with my own thoughts, I probably would still not have uncovered this because it was a subconscious behavior that I had adopted since childhood. And for me, it was just a part of who I was. So what happened when I got forced to slow down and sit with my own thoughts? Well, a few things, but first of all, the absence of stresses like work and life helped my my fight or flight response switch off and my body started relaxing. I was no longer in survival mode and suddenly just felt so much clarity. I was reading and learning new things every day which stimulated my brain development and I also practiced breathing and meditation and journaling which further helped to calm my nervous system and all of a sudden my brain just connected all of the dots and one day I was talking to my mom and said something in the conversation which turned out to to be the biggest breakthrough that I've had up until that point in my life. I recently had another major breakthrough, but more on that later. So up until the age of 28, I was constantly finding myself in relationships and friendships that just felt unbalanced. And I had no idea what was wrong at the time. In my head, I was just being a nice person to everyone and I just couldn't understand why people would treat me that way. And I just kept blaming other people. And you know what, the way some people treated me in the past is not okay and i'm not here to say that it was okay and i was the one to blame the whole time but i was actually the one enabling the behavior and allowing people to treat me the way that they did i didn't really know what boundaries were at the time i didn't know how to set them or how to maintain them most of all i didn't know how to communicate that the way they treated me didn't make me feel good and wasn't okay and funny enough as i'm recording this i came across an Instagram post by Megan Roselane, who is a spiritual mentor. And if you're not familiar with her work, you should go follow her on Instagram. I really love everything that she shares and I can relate to it in so many different ways. In her most recent post she said your life will change in unimaginable ways when you get really honest with yourself about the role that you play in your own unhappiness. So many of us are standing in our own way. You know the moment you decide to become brutally honest with yourself about the ways that you're sabotaging your own happiness that's when things will start changing for you and this is exactly what happened for me. So I've been through a series of traumatic and unhealthy relationships since I was a teenager, which is basically when I first started dating. But it wasn't until my most recent one that I actually discovered that there's a pattern of me dating emotionally unavailable and toxic men. I just remember feeling really miserable and unhappy in my most recent relationship, which is why I ended it once and then I decided to get back together with my ex. Don't ask me why. (laughs) But long story short, I was feeling miserable. I couldn't figure out why. I didn't think it was because of my relationship because I thought I was happy. And that's the kind of message that I was sending out to the world. You know, I thought I I was in a very normal relationship because I've been in these kind of relationships my whole life. So nothing seemed out of the ordinary for me until a global pandemic forced me to sit down and face reality. So I believe it was about three years ago now when the UK went into full lockdown and I didn't really have any work. So I felt really stuck in my flat in London and I just wanted to have an outdoor space. So I came to spend time with my family in Worcester. And before I decided to come here, I remember spending 10 days with my ex at home when we were together 24 seven and we ended up having a huge fight. And I literally took all of his stuff and kicked him out of the flat that's how bad it was. So back he went to his parents' house and I came to mine. And again, this was nothing abnormal for our relationship. We were having these fights quite often and it just seemed like it was going to be another one of those. And a few things happened with me while I was staying with my parents at the time that really facilitated that breakthrough that I was about to get. And one of them was the fact that I was feeling very relaxed. I had no work to distract myself with and I use work as a distraction tactic a lot of the time. It's just... if. If I have any toxic traits, that's one of them. And it's probably my biggest one. So not having that distraction at the time really forced me to do something that I wasn't used to doing and I wasn't really familiar with at the time, which was to relax. And I don't really know how to do that. All I had was just spare time and I had plenty of it. So I started doing things like breath work, meditation, yoga, journaling, spending time outdoors and really focusing on myself. And that's when I realized that I was feeling really uncomfortable being alone and I would do absolutely anything to avoid feeling this way. I would keep myself busy because I didn't want to be seen as lazy and I just wanted to do something every second of every day and if I wasn't doing something productive I was feeling like I'm wasting my time. I later on figured out that this inability to relax can be linked to previous traumatic events and can be a sign of PTSD. It's basically what happens when your emotional brain is overactive and it actually turns out to be a common brain pattern that trauma survivors use to stay busy as a way to distract themselves from their anxious thoughts and feelings of hopelessness. And again, going back to my question from the beginning, what pain are you trying to cover with an excess of something? So once I was no longer able to distract myself with the usual things such as work or going out with friends or trying to constantly keep myself busy and stay productive, something incredible happened. I sat with these feelings of discomfort and for the first time ever I was able to admit to myself that I was not feeling okay and then something really triggered a response in me. I was having another one of those fights with my ex and I remember running down to the kitchen and venting out to my mom and I said mom why do I always fall for the same type of men and this is exactly the a moment I realised that It wasn't them that were the issue, it was me. I would describe it as almost having this out-of-body experience and being able to watch myself from the side saying this. And that's the moment I got introduced to accountability. Up until that point, I didn't know who she was and that's exactly when she came and said, nice to meet you, bitch. And you know, taking accountability when you've been playing the victim your whole life sucks because where do you even start? Later that day, I sat on my laptop And I just became obsessed with researching things like people-pleasing patterns, boundaries, narcissism. And, you know, I was sitting there and just ticking every single box on every single list. And I was like, oh my God, mind blown. And then I thought, okay, now I know what's wrong, but how do I fix this? And you see, that's the power of accountability. You go from always being a passenger and sitting in the backseat and letting life drive you in whatever direction it wants, to actually being in the driver's seat and deciding where you wanna go. But unless you admit that something isn't right and it's your responsibility to change it, you'll always feel stuck in the same patterns and same dynamics. Luckily, you do have a choice, we all do. And I wanna share some really simple things and techniques that you can use today to disrupt these patterns and to create lasting change in your life. It all starts with admitting. Admitting that you're not okay. You know you don't always have to be strong and show up all the time. The world isn't going to stop if you take a week off and really switch off. You owe it to yourself. Your friends are not going to stop being your friends just because you don't answer the phone for a few days. I mean not if they're real friends anyway. And yes switching off involves social media too. Honestly you have to give your brain some screen-free time. It will do wonders trust me. Give it a try. So the first step is admitting. You have to stop standing in your own way and just be brutally honest with yourself about the way you're feeling. Step two would be to remove all distractions and stimulants and this one probably requires the most emotional labor. You know when you figure out that you can distract yourself from feeling pain and discomfort, your brain can get really creative about finding different ways to keep you distracted for long periods of time. Whether it's social media, partying, traveling, arguing with people, caffeine, food... All sorts of things. I mentioned recently that I had another big breakthrough, but it was met with so much resistance along the way. I was so desperately trying to cover up the uncomfortable feelings that I'd do just about anything until eventually it all came up to the surface. You know that volcano I mentioned earlier? Well, that's exactly how it felt. I was forced to stop. I was unable to do anything. I couldn't eat. Coffee would just make me extremely anxious, and I wasn't able to get any work done because my energy level. Levels were non-existent so I started doing an emotional declutter. One by one I cleared out every single aspect of my life from the foods that I was eating to the information I was consuming and the people I surrounded myself with. And the third and final step would be to sit with the discomfort. Once you remove all distractions, you will be faced with some uncomfortable feelings and I encourage you to sit with them and accept whatever comes up without judging it. I felt so much shame and guilt around my recent breakthrough and it honestly is something I'm still working through, but I'm committed to changing the narrative. I refuse to be what happened to me. You know, dealing with trauma sucks, but you don't have to let it become an excuse. If anything, just use whatever negative experiences impacted you and create a few future version of you that feels safe and loved and accepted unfortunately going back and changing the past is just not an option so acceptance is the only way to move forward and there you have them three really simple ways to disrupt behaviors and patterns and create lasting change in your life the question is are you ready to take them and are you willing to be honest with yourself and take accountability for your actions because ultimately that's what's going to make a difference Thank you for sharing your time with me today. I appreciate each and every single one of you who tunes in and I'm so excited to see the Self Sufficient community grow every week. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening and come say hi at Self Sufficient Podcast on Instagram.